Welcome to Dark Pennine Tales. Today we have a story called What Haggis Never Said, set in the fictional world of the Saddleworth Vampire and Dark Pennine Tales, a place in the north of England where villages are nestled in the moors and steeped in horror. This story is about our Doris and her dog Haggis. It happens between the two series of books. What Haggis Never Said Written by Angela Blythe and read by the author Maybe, if Haggis could have talked, he would have warned his mistress about the strange happenings in the garden behind the rose bushes. But just being a plain old white terrier meant that it was hard to get his point across. Besides that, if he did try to warn his mistress of anything, who was affectionately called our Doris by everyone, she always thought that he was pestering for food. That being said, usually he got a bone or biscuit and often forgot what he was trying to warn her about. He must try harder. Things had been happening at the bottom of the garden. He would catch a movement out of the corner of his eye and suddenly it would be gone. When he sniffed there, he just smelled damp soil and some of his ancient wee-wee. These movements became more frequent. He found a few wriggly worms on top one day and thought it must have been them. Haggis picked one up on the end of his nose. It looked over, the sides squirming in his whiskers either side. He flicked it up, watching it land in the middle of one of our Doris's rose bushes. He watched it, glossy and ridged, bits of dirt sticking all over it. This was the troublemaker. It continued squirming but he had experience of these bushes and wasn't about to go after the worm. It wasn't worth that. The following day, he didn't see anything and thought it was over after the successful trapping of the worm. Unfortunately for Haggis, he smelled something. All day, he sat on the lawn watching the spot. Something bad was down there and it wasn't happening in his territory. Occasionally, he dropped off to sleep. He was very comfortable. The sun shone down on him, and our Doris wondered what he was up to. He seemed content enough, and she had cleaning to do, so was happy for him to be out from under her feet. She took him his lunch and a drink outside. He was determined to catch the varmint. The next day was rainy, and although he was much further away, he watched from the safety of the patio window. Still no movement. But even from here, the smell was worse. In between showers the following morning, he ran outside to find disturbed earth. The smelly object must have come out. Come out in the night. 
he would have to make more excuses for getting in the garden that evening. He kept his eye on the spot all day. At dusk, he began to drink like a maniac. Haggis knew that our Doris wouldn't let him out for nothing. That wasn't her way. But if she knew he had lots of drink, she would be on top of it. He knew there was nothing worse for her than for him to do toilet in the house. Haggis kept drinking and scratching for more and drinking it all again. Every time he went out, he sniffed the area and tried to play it cool. He didn't want the thing to see him. Our Doris got sick of it in the end. She was missing a good night's television tonight. Haggis must have eaten something salty, or she couldn't think what. Our Doris left the patio doors open, and he could come in and out as much as he liked. He was an impatient dog, and decided to force the issue. Knowing he was in the clear for a while, fearlessly Haggis began to dig around the area. The smell was getting worse. This was a rotten body. As he cleared the earth and saw a patch of it for the first time, it moved. In the darkness, under the ground, it moved. Haggis instinctively barked once. Our Doris heard his bark, but thought nothing of it. He had been acting very strangely for a few days now. That dog was inbred and cuckoo. The ground began to raise up in a mound in front of Haggis. First about the size of his dog bowl, then his dog bed, even more. Haggis stepped back and began to bark over and over again. Our Doris got up out of her seat and walked to look out of the patio doors. Horrified by what she saw, Haggis had been digging around her roses and had made a massive pile of earth at the bottom of the garden. Needless to say, it had rained all day yesterday. The ground was muddy and Haggis was a white dog. The mess was so bad, even in the darkness at the bottom of the garden. She shut her patio doors. He wasn't coming in until a bubble bath had been run and she had her apron and marigolds on. Our Doris didn't need this at eight in the evening. That relaxing evening had just disappeared. Haggis carried on barking. Whatever was inside the earth began to come out. The eyes were full of tiny worms, blind but sensing the night. The fur was mangy, patches missing like an old leather coat. Its nose was the only perfect thing on it. It twitched towards Haggis as its front legs pulled itself forward. Its back legs were mangled, but its teeth were bared, still sharp. The jaws wide, lips stretched back, tight and broken, a hint of a bloated grey tongue inside, all 
infected, needing blood, needing food. Haggis's barking changed. Our Doris was upstairs. The noise of the running water was deafening in her bathroom. She ran her hand through the water and bubble bath to disperse it. Her plastic apron was on and she was nearly ready. The noise of the strangulated wolf owl was unmistakable in her garden. The battered wolf pulled itself towards Haggis. She had seen him before. Why this opportunity had arisen, she did not know or care. She could drag herself forever like this and never get tired. Yes, the odd few bits were being pulled off on the grass. After all, bodies tend to deteriorate after six months underground. Probably the experiments that they had all unwillingly and painfully undergone had achieved this end. Probably. Haggis backed up even further. Now they had gone the length of the lawn and he had to get on the step of the patio doors. The patio doors, which were shut. The wolf was at the bottom of the steps. Haggis still barked. That helped the wolf find him, even though she had just one working ear. She began to snap at him. Her perfect nose knew he was so close. He was scared, and that made him even easier to detect. Haggis was trapped. There was nowhere to go. His barking was shrill now. He needed his mistress. He needed anyone. Haggis could feel the wolf catching on bits of his hair. Her tongue reached out to taste him. The smell was so strong. There were pieces of her skin in a trail along the grass. She was relentless. Howard Doris opened the patio door and his bottom was free. He stepped back inside. She held her ornamental sword, which she'd taken off the wall, and made a downward strike into the beast. Her sword grating on the patio step reverberated up her arm. The wolf continued. Now Haggis was well out of the way, our Doris stepped to the side and brought the sword down on the beast's rotten carcass. It was soft, but the bones were still strong. The legs were broken and hanging off, just as they had been when she had killed it the first time. A few hacks to the stomach meant that the abdomen's contents burst forth. Intestines, a purple organ of some kind, and six grey wolf babies, their eyes blinking to the moonlight. Inside this zombie she-wolf had been a half-dead, half-alive wolf cub litter. They squirmed around on the grass, teeth already sharp, biting through their amniotic sac. Fluid spurted out over our Doris's slippers, and she was furious. The mother wolf was still alive, but in no condition to move now, it seemed. She still snapped for haggis 
who was now in the corner behind the television in the other room. Our Doris rooted around in the wolf's stomach for more babies with her sword and found a small one lodged high up inside. When she had that out, she dealt with them all methodically, before chopping the mother up with a sharp spade. It was a mess and it stunk. Our Doris sat down on the patio step. Haggis, sensing that all was over, returned to the room to find his mistress calmly resting. He wandered up and sat next to her. So that's what you've been trying to tell me, is it? That dirty bugger was coming back from the grave. I suppose it's not totally unexpected. Good boy. Well, she's dead now. Our Doris said to him. She stroked him and looked out into the garden. The roses, the lush green lawn, the little fairy lights and the luxury patio set, all waiting for a lovely summer. Only another seven buried here, Haggis. Let's just wait a while, shall we? I hope you enjoyed what Haggis never said. Tune in again for more tales of horror and true life horror investigations. If you have enjoyed this story and want more of the same, my books are available on Amazon, in paperback and on ebook.